0: This is Cruise
1: Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider Trip Insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at TripInsurance.com.
2: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
1: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Celebrity Eclipse this week. Also, staff writer Richard Sims on Deck with Cruise News. Cruise News Today, the top three stories you need to know every day of the week. Well, I take that back Monday through Friday, found just opposite of this channel at Cruise News Today or on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. So at the risk of repeating ourselves, it looks like things have changed yet again. So again, give us a summary of what's going on out there.
2: Well... Remember how tired we got of reporting, like, all the various cruise line cancellations Mm -hmm. during COVID? Well, it's almost getting to that point where the health and safety protocols are concerned. But as we predicted during last week's show, Carnival Cruise Line has finally joined the fray and announced the loosening of their own vaccination and testing protocols. Obviously, this is a biggie because, you know, Carnival is such a huge player in the game and there were so many people with their eyes on them. Waiting for them to make this change. Where Carnival is concerned, the basics are that vaccinated guests um, will need to continue to, pro- to, to provide proof of their vaccination status, um, but they won't have to do pre-cruising unless, and of course there's always this exception, unless they're going to Canada, Bermuda, Greece, one of the various places that have testing requirements, as you know, before they'll let people in. So, again, vaccinated guests still have to prove that they were vaccinated, but they don't have to have. The uh, they don't have to do the pre-cruise testing unless they are going to one of the specific locations that is requiring it. Unvaccinated guests will now be able to welcome to sail, and they are not going to be required to apply for the vaccine exemption. You'll remember that that was how Carnival was handling the situation with unvaccinated folks was they allowed a small number of people to go on various um, sailings, but only those who were pre-approved and had applied for an exception. So That is no longer the case. They don't have to apply for that, except for cruises in Australia or on voyages that are six nights or longer, but unvaccinated guests or those who do not provide proof of vaccination. And that's sort of a different thing, but it lumps under the same category. You know, there are the people who are unvaccinated, and then there are the people who, for whatever reason, don't want to tell you whether they're vaccinated or not. They are basically considered unvaccinated, so they must present the results of a negative PCR or antigen test taken within three days of embarkation. So that's basically how Carnival's handling it. Uh, Holland America and Seabourn also changed their policies and basically are saying now that vaccinated passengers on most trips up to 15 nights will no longer need to take a test before sailing. They're also saying unvaccinated guests will now be able to come on board as long as they submit a negative COVID test taken within three days of the sailing. Disney also made some adjustments to their protocols, especially with regard to who must be vaccinated and the ages because they deal with a lot of kids and stuff like that. But to be quite honest, and I think this is true really of everything we're talking about when it comes to – The health and safety vaccination, the health and safety protocols. It is in your best interest to go on board and sort of make sure that you know what's happening here. We've said this before, but it bears repeating. Check with your cruise line carrier. Make sure you're getting the correct information, not only about the cruise line's policy, but the very specific ones in place for your sailing, because as much as they keep saying sort of that, you know, they they keep sort of touting, look, it's much simpler now. It's really not. It's actually a lot more complicated because of the various exceptions and depending on where your ship is going, whether or not you need vaccinated. It can be very confusing. And I guarantee you that for just about every sailing, people are showing up unprepared because they don't have the most up-to-date or accurate information. So while we are going to try, you you know, we're doing our hardest to give you the information, but it changes so rapidly. So make sure you're getting it directly from the cruise line as far as not only the cruise line itself, but your specific itinerary.
1: Also, we didn't mention this in the rundown. I forgot to put it in there, but Princess Cruises is basically the same as Holland America and uh, Seabourn. So Princess is grouped in there as well with these changes and the loosening of restrictions.
2: Yeah. And again, you know, they're all on sort of the same page now. I mean, you know, some of the type is bigger and some of the type is smaller. But for the most part, they're all sort of in the same generic boat as far as what their restrictions are. But it's just so important to check and make sure you know it before you go. And on the news
1: that Carnival has relaxed their protocols, uh, they saw a big spike this week.
2: I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love to mock buzzwords like there was a time when every press release coming from every cruise line in general and Carnival in particular used three words pent up demand. If we'd been playing a drinking game where we had to do a shot every time someone said the words pent up demand, we'd have been (laughs) drunk all day, every day. But when the industry started, we saw that there really was all that pent-up demand. And now we see that it was true for unvaccinated guests, too, because right after Carnival revealed that they were changing their protocols and that unvaccinated guests would now be able to sail, their bookings doubled over what they'd seen on the same day in 2019. And that was a period of really historic bookings for them. They were at an all-time high during parts of 2019. So they saw it double after they announced that they were you know allowing unvaccinated guests to sail now that Probably means that some of those great deals, like the one you got a while ago that was, you know, so cheap they were basically paying you to sail. Uh-huh. That's going to be harder to find now because all those people who wanted to sail but weren't able to now can. So they'll be able to fill up the ships a lot easier at the, you know, at the full capacities without really having to worry about uh, giving discounts or offering really great deals because they now have this whole new group of people who. I mean, remember how excited we were when the, when we were first able to get back on a ship? Mm-hmm. That's how these people are just now going to feel. They've been waiting, you know, even as we've gone on like 3, 4, 10, 15 sailings, they've been sitting on the sidelines waiting for permission to go. Now they've got it. This next story
1: is interesting. Uh, Virgin is getting some fresh capital to the tune of a half a billion dollars. What is this about?
2: Well, so Virgin secured... About $550 million in new funding from various sources. Weirdly, 550000000 million doesn't really sound like all that much, given that during the shutdown we were talking about some of the lines seeking, you know, billions with a B, billions of dollars in loans. In a press release, Virgin said that the new funding would enable it to, and I'm quoting here, continue the execution of its growth strategy and further strengthen its financial position as cruise demand continues to gain momentum. Now, here's the thing. We're not bankers. I can barely balance my checkbook, but... Reading the statements from different folks involved with this move, it sounds to me like they might be in a little bit of trouble. They go out of their way to repeatedly talk about how reviews are awesome and consumers love us. I mean, here's a statement from Tom McAlpin. He's the CEO of Virgin Voyages. And he said, we have created an incredible product that both our investors and consumers truly believe in. And this additional capital comes at a time when we're looking forward to exponential growth that will, in turn, help us achieve what we set out to accomplish that is you know going back to the buzzwords we were talking about earlier that is that sounds like corporate speak for we're struggling a little bit mm-hmm. so I, I don't know i mean on the one hand like i said 550 million not really all that much when you're talking about the kind of money that you know cruise lines spend and how much uh, you know your typical ship costs and all that but it just seems like the timing and the way the wording of the press releases and things it seems a little questionable to me so we'll have to see how this plays out in the next few months
1: well they pick the world well, they didn't pick it they launched the cruise on at the worst time in the world because remember worst like i was time yeah i was flying time. up to I mean, manhattan to meet you to go on scarlet lady for that pier side and they canceled my flight as i was heading to the airport so things just kind of happened so fast where we were all ready to get on scarlet lady and check it out then done for two, over two years
2: And and it's worth noting that even as that happened, they continued to move forward with their plans for the next ships. You know, Mm. like they 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 really have laid out a whole lot of money and they did it at a time when the industry was in a complete shutdown. So that certainly shows that they and the people behind them, their investors, believe in this product. You know, he's very right in saying that that the investors are showing a strong belief in this product. And hopefully this is just sort of, you know, exactly what they say it is which is just you know hey this gives us the money to continue to move forward
1: well worst case they can just walk back their adults only thing and bring kids those always uh bring a lot of money to the cruise lines having those under 18s (laughs) on there
2: and you know the under 18s all love the tattoo parlor oh yeah we're international waters we thought we
1: could do it sorry mom um that pesky rock slide in skagway it actually
2: closed the one of the piers for the rest of the season Yeah, so far nobody's been reported injured, but this is obviously a dangerous situation and it keeps happening and there's no sign that it's going to get better. It's forcing Princess Cruises to divert some of their sailings for the rest of 2022. In a press release, they said that two-thirds of their remaining sailings for this year would be stopping in Skagway. Now, of course, if you're doing the math, that means that one-third of their sailings won't be. Instead, those ships that are impacted, and as of right now, there are 10 sailings that will be impacted they'll call on other ports like sitka or Haines, which i've never even heard of Haines. so this this could actually be a cool opportunity to see a place that the ships don't normally go um There hasn't really been any word on how this might impact Skagway's 2023 season. Obviously, this is the last thing the area needs after having been hit so hard by the loss of cruise tourism dollars during the shutdown. But it's a situation that they're going to have to remedy uh, if they want to open that pier up again. And it's an extra day
1: on the cruise ship for our friends returning to cruising down under.
2: Right now, Carnival Splendor is sailing out of Seattle, but it's soon going to head back to Australia, where it had been sailing before the shutdown. When Australia kept kind of postponing and postponing their return to cruise, Carnival basically said, "Okay, we're going to go somewhere we can make some money with this ship. So they took the Splendor and they repositioned it to Seattle. Flash forward to now, and Splendor is getting ready to return to service. It'll sail again out of Australia on October 2nd. But wait, Carnival said, you know what? We're so grateful to all of our Australian guests that we're going to sail on October 1st and give all of you who are booked on board an extra day for, for free. People who can't make it, you know, because some people can't just add an extra day to their vacation, especially at the beginning. It's probably a little easier at the end than it is at the beginning. Those people will get, you know, they'll get a full refund or future cruise credit, whatever they're looking for. I... I think you probably know I'm a little bit of a cynic. (laughs) So I look at this and I'm sort of like, there's more to this story than them just saying, you know what, we're going to give you an extra day for free. I can't help thinking that for whatever reason, They had to change the date of the sailing and some very smart person in PR said, well, you know, we could get some really good mileage out of this. We can get some good press, draw attention to the fact that Carnival is returning in Australia and sell it as, look, we're giving them all a free day as opposed to, you know, what is probably a much more boring explanation, which is something like, you know, we our schedules had to change because of this, that, or the other thing. So I could be wrong. It could be just that they suddenly had this amazing desire to gift everyone a free extra day at sea. But it seems more likely that it's, it's uh, a move that was caused by other reasons and that someone very, very smartly took advantage of.
1: Yeah, I mean if you believe that I have some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you, because this is obviously a technical or revenue move.
2: Totally. I mean, I totally think it's basically that they found out that, you know, they, they had to they couldn't sail from that dock on the second for some reason. And so they have to do it on the first instead. And, you know, why not turn it into a, turn a negative into a positive? You know, take that smile and turn it upside down. It gives them Whatever money it is going to cost them to give everybody a free extra day, they are going to make back in bucket loads Mm -hmm. in the positive publicity they get out of it.
1: Listener question is from Allison. You can email yours to Doug at cruiseradio.net. Should I buy the Cloud9 Thermal Suite Pass on Carnival in advance for $199, or will it be cheaper once on board? We're on a week-long cruise on Carnival Panorama in October.
2: That's a great question and one that I'm actually in the middle of deciding myself. Uh, I have a five-day cruise on Carnival Magic coming up, and I've been debating do I want to get the five-day thermal spa pass, which I kind of think I do. but, But your real question here is should I buy in advance or should I buy it when I get on board? Will it be cheaper? No. Everything is more expensive once you're on board. You wanna buy anything you can in advance. Um, the spa, like I think my spa is about 15, 20% cheaper if I buy it now, as opposed to when I'm on board. There's also the possibility that once you get on board, especially if you wanna buy a week-long pass, it might not be available. You know, they could they could sell out of the week-long passes, which would be a bummer if it's something you're really looking forward to. But this holds true for the spa for your drink package, for your internet. Anything you can buy in advance, you should. They make it worth your while because they want you to buy everything in advance. For one thing, they have your money earlier and it can sit in their bank instead of yours and make them interest instead of you. But they also know, and we talked about this a little bit last week and several times in the past, the more you spend in advance, the more you are weirdly likely to spend more money once you get on board it's a it's a strange mathematical equation but apparently you get on board and you feel like you haven't spent any money lately so now you can as opposed to if you get on the ship and you go to buy the pass right then you're very aware that you just spent that money and you might not do something else like you might not book the chef's table or you might not go to the steakhouse for dinner because in your head you're thinking oh i just blew two hundred dollars on the spa whereas if you spent that money five months earlier You know, you're not thinking about that. You're like, oh, let's go to the spa. Let's go to the casino. But they definitely give you incentives to do it early for exactly that reason. So, yes, buy it. Buy it early.
1: Staff writer Richard Sims, as always. Thank you, my friend.
2: Always glad to be here. Breaking news as it happens online and on demand at CruiseRadio.net. A big
1: question we get at Cruise Radio is how do I know if I need trip insurance?
2: You're listening to Cruise Radio, the trusted voice of the cruise industry.
1: Kristen and her husband just returned from a seven night cruise to Alaska. From Vancouver, Canada, on Celebrity Cruises Celebrity Eclipse. And Kristen joins us on the line. Hey, Kristen.
0: Hey, Doug. Good to be with you. Yeah, good
1: to talk to you again after your awesome experience in the haven out of New Orleans. It was New Orleans, right?
0: Yeah, you are correct. Yeah, great very Christmas cool. cruise on Norwegian. Hopped over to Celebrity for our summer um, holiday, and it was a great decision.
1: Yeah, and let's learn a little bit about that decision that you made from going from NCL over to Celebrity. So let's take a step back. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise on Celebrity Eclipse?
0: We had the privilege of sailing on Celebrity last summer on Apex over in the Mediterranean. Had a fabulous experience in the retreat uh, area as a sweet guest on Celebrity last summer and thought, let's try Celebrity again. Uh, We're from South Dakota, so we're well equipped with the cold weather gear and the snow had never been to Alaska before. And it's just an area of the world that we wanted to explore. And so hopped on a kind of last minute deal, only booked with about four weeks notice and got great, great flights, great room and fabulous itinerary.
1: Did you have any reservations? I'm just curious as in like, so Celebrity Apex came out in what, last year? So 2021, and then Celebrity Eclipse came out back in 2010. So 12 years difference and a little bit probably difference in the retreat areas, no?
0: Very much different. Um, We had a really such an exceptional time in the retreat area with Apex. And so had that mindset going into Celebrity Eclipse, it was a very different experience from the retreat on Apex, the newest ship or other than beyond, obviously in the Celebrity brand right now to a a much older ship. They both offered really nice service, great food, fabulous cocktails um, with the inclusion, the, you know, being included with that premium drink package, but the amenities that the newer ships offered in terms of the retreat um, was was missed a little bit with being on Eclipse sure. this time. Had we never been on Apex before,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, we wouldn't have something to compare it to. But these ships back built in, you know, 2010, as you said, uh, with the Solstice class, there wasn't the retreat. And so they're using spaces um, that really weren't ideal for some of those experiences.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, the Haven area like right now on Norwegian Encore, you know, one of their newest ships Mm -hmm. or going on the Haven area on Norwegian Jade, which is one of their older ships with the Havens, like, you know, just totally different. So, but yeah, it's still an experience and it's still basically kind of that ship within a ship kind of experience. So the retreat area, though, just for clarification, does that come with any additional perks? Because I know that Celebrity pretty much has that whole all-inclusive out-the-door feel where gratuities are included. And is the drink package included on every fair?
0: It is. And that is one thing I really enjoy about Celebrity's retreat experience that we felt different um, from the Norwegian Haven experience. I think I prefer the celebrity retreat experience a little bit more because I didn't feel nickeled and dimed. Our, our rate included the daily gratuity. It included the premium drink package at no additional cost. It included um, a premium internet, which we found for the most part to work pretty well. I mean, you are in Alaska in so, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you have to take that into consideration. But I do appreciate I didn't feel nickeled and dimed and had every kind of perk on board um, being a suite guest. We did not have access to specialty dining. We stayed in what they call a sky suite. It's one of the more entry level um, cabins in terms of the retreat area. Had we booked a higher suite class in terms of the penthouse or a royal suite, we would have had access. Um, at no additional cost to any of the specialty restaurants. The retreat guests do have their own restaurant called Luminé, which mm. we found to be very pleasant throughout the trip.
1: Nice. So you make your way from South Dakota over to Vancouver, where the ship left out of. Any pre-cruise time in Vancouver before you boarded Eclipse?
0: We did. You know, the news these days is that, you know, that there's some airline delays and um, possible hiccups and sought an abundance of caution. We flew in, on Friday, uh, July 1st, and didn't leave until that Sunday. So we had about a day and a half in Vancouver. Fabulous city. Absolutely, we have never been. It was spectacular. We did some city tours and excursions um, on the front end of the cruise. Could not have had a better start to our to our holiday.
1: Did you stay down there by the waterfront?
0: We did. We stayed at the Marriott about... Okay. Oh, I think it was a three minute cab ride or 10 minute walk. Um, maybe not even a 10 minute walk right on the waterway. Nice. Just a fantastic town. The yeah. it, You couldn't have had a better location for those ships to be going out of.
1: Yeah. And some beautiful like parks log the water down there too. Just really. Uh, yeah. Yep. A lot of, a lot of nature. Family
0: park mm-hmm. and the, the restaurants, the nightlife, the bars, the, the parks, the, the bike trail system down there. I mean, it is. It's one of the best cities I've ever been to for a pre-cruise experience.
1: Yeah, great experience. So you make your way to Celebrity Eclipse, the cruise terminal right there at Canada Place. How was the embarkation process?
0: I would say it was so-so. It was probably one of the slowest embarkation processes we've been on. Um, it was a busy um, place that day. There were four ships going out. Um, so it it moved, but it didn't move quite as quickly. Um I believe we stood in the customs line for close to 45 minutes. There was really no perks in terms of that embarkation process with being a retreat guest.
1: One of the embarkation killers for Vancouver is if there's a lot of uh, cruise ships in port, because if I'm not mistaken, you have to clear customs before you board the ship for your return back, right? So you queue up and kind of go through the process as normal people would coming back. That is correct. Yep. So then about how long would you say from curb to ship?
0: From curb to ship, I would say it was an hour. Okay. Which isn't bad, but when you're that excited to go, you know, and from previous experience on the retreat or on Norwegian Haven, sometimes you get a little bit of a perk of moving more quickly through those lines or having your your concierge kind of be with you through that process, Mm -hmm. and that just didn't happen this time, which not a big thing to complain about.
1: Sure. So you make your way on board Eclipse. What were your first impressions?
0: It was a clean, beautiful ship. It is dated. It hasn't gone um, through any of the re- um, renovations, but it was bright and clean. Um, I absolutely love the middle of, of the ship. It had glass elevators Was just a beautiful atrium, um, lots of bars, lots of restaurants, very friendly staff. We went to our stateroom. It wasn't ready yet. Um, Our keys were right outside our stateroom. We were able to drop our carry-ons and then just started to have fun right away.
1: Very good. And you said you had a sky suite in the retreat area on board the ship. So how was your experience in that stateroom throughout the weekend? How much did that differ from, say, just a typical balcony stateroom?
0: I have not stayed in a typical balcony stateroom on Celebrity, but I would say that my experience with the sky suite this time was it was very similar to um, like a mini suite on princess. Um, it was comfortable. It was, it w- was perfect um, in terms of space and storage for the two of us. Uh, the bathroom was, was well equipped. It was very lovely. Um, the only complaint we had with our sky suite, again, because it hasn't gone through that renovation process is a lack of outlets. There was no outlets next to the bed. (laughs) Um, There was only one bank of outlets, and it was only two, um, which was on kind of the desk area. So our butler was kind enough to get us a European adapter, which allowed us to go to three outlets. But it it needs a little bit of updating in terms of USB ports and outlets.
1: Isn't it funny how... Like here we are in 2022. Like if we walk into a into a cruise ship or uh, in a hotel room, like when I was uh, over in Vegas and Treasure Island, mm-hmm. uh, at Treasure Island staying there, and there was like not one USB port in the room. I'm like, yes. where in the hell am I staying?
0: Yes, where yeah. what? In fact, we even moved furniture because I was like, there yeah. has to be more outlets. Like so, we moved the nightstands and we looked behind the uh-huh. couch and kind of that small sitting area. Um, next to the bed and we didn't find anything we called our butler she kind of said you say the same thing that every one of my guests say let me go get you a european plug so
1: (laughs) yeah for sure so let's talk about dining on board the celebrity eclipse and we'll start at the buffet area which is called the ocean cafe how was your experience up there and are they serving the guests in the uh, ocean cafe
0: no it is self-service for the most part i would say the food was okay um, I would say the Apex definitely had the win for us on the buffet area. We found the food, I think the chicken nuggets were our favorite things <laughs> on the buffet. The buffet for us was kind of a miss. The service, on the other hand, the bar service in the buffet um, or in ocean view was top-notch. We found the bartenders up there to be some of the best on the ship. Um, we tipped early and often they got to know us by name. Sometimes we would just walk through to grab a quick piece of pizza or a chicken nugget um, midday, and they were they were on top of it. They were
1: some of the best crew that we found on board. And I know you were staying in the retreat area, so you had access mm-hmm. to Lumine. But did you do any dining in the main dining room?
0: We did not okay. do any dining in the main dining room. One of the perks with Lumine is they give you the Lumine menu, which rotates each night, which I really appreciated. That was a difference between Norwegian Haven. Mm-hmm and retreat. And one thing we would say that we enjoyed more about the retreat was that the menu was different every single night. Um, Where in Haven, it was the same set menu. So after about, you know, five, six, seven days, you're like, huh, let me try something new. So that's something we really enjoyed about Celebrity. And so you could order off the main dining room, or you could order off the Lumine menu. And we switched, you know, sometimes we do a appetizer off the main and then you know, a dessert off Illuminae of or what have you.
1: And then you did not do any specialty restaurants on board, correct?
0: We did not. Okay. We, had, we did um, the animated experience on Apex, uh, the Le Petit chef. And that was great. Um, But it's one of those we didn't have a need to do it
1: again. Sure. Any places outside of um, like the Ocean View Cafe or Lumine um, to get any kind of quick eats, maybe some poolside venues or places around the atrium where you found you could get food?
0: Yeah, there was by the pool, which was underutilized, given it was Alaska, it was cold and rainy and kind of damp many of the days. Um, so I don't think it was until the fourth or fifth day when we were in Hubbard Glacier that we were out on the decks that I was like, oh, look, Mitch, there's <laughs> there's outdoor dining and there was hot dogs. You know, what you would expect by the pool, hot dogs, hamburgers, french fries, um, quick fare. It looked and smelled great, but we didn't try any of it. Some sandwiches, you know, at the mm-hmm. coffee shop, there was some lovely sandwiches and pedophores and cupcakes and those sort of sweet treats and, and light bites. We tried a few of those and, and really enjoyed some of those sweet treats throughout the day.
1: How was the entertainment on this seven night cruise?
0: Repetitive to be quite honest <laughs> with you. It was a lot of singing, you know, the night shows were seven and nine o'clock every night, the same show. Um, almost every night it was kind of a Broadway hits or singing and dancing. There was only one night where it wasn't a musical event and they had a magician on board one night. And he was fabulous. He's probably one of the best magicians we've ever seen. Um, Really enjoyed him. Uh, The the music events that we went to were good. It just variety would have, we would have liked a little bit more variety.
1: Yeah, it's always nice, though, like, you know, you can only see so many of those through the decades review shows, right, like the singing and the dancing, but when you find that really funny comedian, or illusionist, or hypnotist on board, it kind of makes everything worth it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was one of those, like, you just don't get that very often, where you see a great hypnotist or a Mm -hmm. great magician, and we've done so many, like, Broadway hits, or, you know, the 50s and 60s, Mm -hmm. Um, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: I would say the, the music throughout the ship, you mm-hmm. know, the guitar, the soloist, the, um, we, those were impressive and enjoyable. And we found ourselves sometimes grabbing a cocktail and just listening to some of those little um, experiences throughout the
1: ship. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? And did you get any kind of numbers on how full your ship was?
0: Yes, we asked a few staff about capacity, and we got a different answer from about every staff. Um, but the consensus was between seventy and seventy-five percent capacity for the overall ship, and a hundred percent capacity for the retreat.
1: Okay. And how was the like the crowds and congestion on um, on the sea days?
0: It did not feel congested at all. Um, they did a really nice job keeping the ship kind of that warm, not super hot, but warm and comfortable where
1: mm-hmm.
0: some of you walk into the ships and it's just blasting with air conditioning. They didn't do that. Obviously, we're in Alaska. So a lot of people were inside the decks and the pool were very underutilized. Um, a lot of times you saw that they didn't even put all the deck chairs out, okay. but never felt crowded, never had a problem using any of the spaces on, on the ship.
1: How about does Eclipse have that celebrity has a killer sunset bar on apex? Does Eclipse have one of those?
0: It's fabulous. The sunset bar, we went up, they did a, they did, you know, games up there. um, Trivia up there. The views are spectacular. Um, They need a few more bartenders Mm -hmm. (laughs) at that bar. It probably was the most popular place that people hung out was was that space. Again, um, I didn't have a hard time finding a spot most of the time. Occasionally we go up and most of the chairs were at capacity, but that was seldom.
1: Does Celebrity, the older class of Celebrity ships, so that Solstice class, which Eclipse is a part of, does it have a thermal suite in the spa, do you know?
0: Um, the thermal suite we did use, okay. um, and it, it's dated. It's Small, Um, but you know, when you're in Alaska and you're just looking for warm mm-hmm. and cozy, it, it worked really well. Very
1: cool. Was that included in your retreat package or is that an extra like fee?
0: Unfortunately it was an extra fee. It was $189 per person. Um, it was about $10 less to do it once we got on board per person than had we booked, um, ahead of time.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Also, and I'm glad we did it. I'm yeah. glad we
0: did it. We did do one spa because um, there are some days it's just so cold and so rainy and damp and you're outside um, that it was, a, it was a nice perk to be able to go sit on those heated loungers or go in the, the sauna steam room. So it was money well spent.
1: Curious. Did you ask them um, when you bought that Thermal Pass, did you, did you say, do y'all have any couples packages
0: we did not. That would have been a good question. What we did ask, um, and the spa manager, I said, I want I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but my concern is spending $400 um, and then only having six or eight heated loungers, is there going to be availability? Because I don't want to pay for something and then not be able to use it. And she said, I don't think you're going to run into any problems. If you do come find me um, and only once did we show up and not be able to get a lounger. We went to use the steam room, came back 20 minutes later and we were able to get a spot.
1: I asked you about the couples question because one of the spa managers told me, I'm not going to say what cruise line, but they yeah. told me that if you ask them, they're not supposed to just say, Hey, we have this couples package, f- you know, two for the week for 299 mm-hmm. or whatever. Because it's all commissionable, right? So they want to sell you on the highest package possible. But because yep. it's commissionable, they're going to make a little percentage of that. Um, but they want to make the sale to make their revenue goal, too. So yeah. if you're going to walk, it's like almost like a car dealership. We're like, well, hey, do you have a, any other specials or can you do anything better? That's what happened to me on one sailing when they gave they threw in a pedicure and the spa treatment.
0: I can't wait to go on the next cruise and try so. your, tri- your try your trick. We did book on the very first day um, that we were on board, you know, through that embarkation process, we had those heavy backpacks on for much longer than we anticipated mm-hmm. in line, kind of were sore from traveling and we did some excursions the day before, so we booked a couple's 90-minute Um, deep tissue massage Mm -hmm. for the very first day, which was a really nice way to start the cruise. Mine was fabulous. Probably one of the best massages I've ever had on a cruise. My therapist was very skilled. My husband was like, that was not good. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's always a roll of the dice as to how your therapist works with you.
1: Yeah, for sure. But
0: it was hard sales. At the spa, they oh, were
1: yeah all the time. Like when I was getting the pedicure. Uh, so do you? I think you really should get this polish for your toes. I'm like, look, I only get these when I'm cruising. If I do a run or something, so I don't care about my feet. I don't look at them. I wear boots all the time. So
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah they tried to sell us vitamins and wraps and detoxes of and all sorts of things after yeah. our massage. <laughs> the only thing we took them up on was the thermal suite add-ons
1: for yeah. the week. Gotcha. So let's talk about the ports of call on this seven-night Alaska cruise. It went up to Hubbard Glacier. Um, When you're in Hubbard Glacier, do they give you an opportunity to board a smaller vessel and get up even closer? They
0: did, and I wish we had paid more attention to that. We um, unfortunately didn't realize that was an option until kind of too late. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe once we into it, it was one of those, ugh, we should have. It was... I believe 350 per person to get on the smaller vessel to get closer to the glacier. We saw pictures of other cruisers from our particular week, the 4th of July week who did that. They got incredible photos. Um, They said they got hot cocos and some, you know, treats on board as well. Our captain, captain Leo was really a fantastic captain. He made note that on our particular day that we went to Hubbard Glacier, it was the closest any cruise ship had ever got. We were two-tenths of a mile from the base of the glacier.
1: That's pretty darn close.
0: Pretty amazing. I mean, it was one of those life moments that I will never forget. Absolutely spectacular experience. They had a naturalist on board who um, came over the PA system frequently um, while we were in Hubbard Glacier, as we were approaching it while we were there and also while we were departing and gave fantastic commentary from wildlife to I want you to look on this side of the ship at two o'clock and you're going to see see this animal and gave history. It was it was a top notch experience.
1: So did you see any calving while you were at the glacier?
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. It was spectacular.
1: How about whales or bears?
0: We did not see yeah. whales or bears on that particular day at the glacier. We did see whales off the side of our boat throughout the seven days, but Very not cool. at Hubbard Glacier.
1: So what ports of call did you hit on this seven-night sailing?
0: So out of Vancouver, and then our first day was sailing inside Passage. The scenery alone made made that day special. Um, on our second port of call, we went to a island called Icy Strait. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, a town that Icy Strait is where the port is. It's a cruise port, kind of built up by the cruise industry, um, and it borders a town called Huna. It's a town of 750 people. Uh, ahead of lettuce, we learned when we went into the yeah. <laughs> the one grocery store in town was uh, ten dollars. Their watermelon was thirty dollars. Wow. Uh, Crazy. The only way in or out of the town is by uh seaplane or boat. And we did an excursion that day in Icy Street. We did a whale watching experience.
1: You said thirty dollars for a watermelon.
0: Thirty dollars for a watermelon.
1: So I should not be complaining about my five dollar melon I just got from Aldi.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Count your blessings. Count.
1: Wow. So how was the whale watching?
0: Spectacular. Um, the captain of our boat was, um, a local from the town. Of course, you know, he's the fire chief. He's mm-hmm. the pastor of the town. He's the, you know, the manager of the, of the port. Uh, he's kind of that Jack of all traits. He had a big personality, fabulous insight, great knowledge. We did get to see a number of whales. Uh, it was, it was a really special day.
1: Where was your next port of call?
0: next port of call was Hubbard Glacier. So the next day was Hubbard Glacier. So Mm -hmm. we're on the boat. Um, And then as a retreat guest, um, we also had kind of a special meet, meet and greet with some of the officers. They allowed us to go up to the helipad for a short time that day. Um, They had champagne for us. Some of the officers were up there and got a little bit better view. So that was a, a special perk. Our next day, the boat went to Juneau.
1: I think your sailing was the first sailing with a meet and greet of the officers back. They just brought that back in July.
0: Oh, did they? Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, yeah was, that was, was kind of cool. a neat experience.
1: And then you went to Juno. How was your day there?
0: Juno was packed. It was probably the best day I've ever had on a cruise. We um, started early with breakfast in Luminae, got off. We took transportation to the Juno Airport and boarded a helicopter. Um, and the helicopter took us up to to an Iditarod experience. Mm -hmm. So at the top of the mountain, we got to go sled dogging or, you know, um, go on a sled dog adventure with an actual musher. She was incredible. She's competed all over the world. Um, she's already qualified for the Iditarod in 2024. So we got to spend about an hour and a half up on the mountain with her doing the sled dog experience. And then the helicopter took off and landed us on the top of a glacier, and we got about 45 minutes to explore the glacier, drink the glacier water, hike on the glacier, take photos. And then when we got back down to the airport at Juneau, we took transportation and booked a last-minute excursion um, to do whale watching. The boat was in port until about 7.30, 8 o'clock that night. We had a few hours left um, in our day in Juneau and we loved whale watching so much from AC Strait, We thought let's try our luck again in Juneau. Um, so booked an excursion and went out whale watching and we saw even more whales in Juneau and sea lions and it was just a super day.
1: I love the sea lions up there because they'll like jump on the buoys and just make themselves at home there. (laughs)
0: That's exactly where we found them, about six of them on a buoy, you know, (laughs) basking in the sun. Yep,
1: exactly. Um, Very cool. Did you ever, uh, did you have a chance to stop and grab a bite to eat at Tracy's Crab Shack in Juneau? It's very popular.
0: We did not. We saw it um, because we did kind of three excursions back to back to back um, that particular day when we... Got back to the cruise port. It was pouring rain, mm-hmm. um, and our boat was leaving in about an hour. So we called it a day and got on board, got dry clothes on a cocktail, and headed to the thermal spa.
1: Gotcha. So so far you've done Icy Strait Point, Hubbard, Juno, and what was next?
0: And last but not least was Kitchikan. Okay. It was a great day. Short. It's a very short um, experience. We didn't land until about two o'clock or land, arrive at that port until about two o'clock that day. We were one of four or five ships into this tiny town. Uh, They dump you kind of right on Main Street, lots of tourist um, shops and souvenirs. We didn't do any of that. We just kind of walked the town for a little bit and then got on the bus for our excursion. We did a fantastic rainforest zipline excursion. Mm -hmm and could not have been happier with that experience.
1: Y'all left no stone unturned up there.
0: You know, I don't, I hope, I pray I get back to Alaska, but this was a first for us to go to that area of the world. And we just thought, let's do it
1: right. What would you say? Cause a lot of people like, especially here in Florida, like in my building here, when I talk about Alaska cruises and they're like, I don't like the cold. I wouldn't like Alaska, but I'm trying to tell them like it's cool at night in Alaska, but during the day, it can get in the eighties and nineties.
0: You're right. It's not as cold as you would think. It's one of those destinations where I didn't know how to pack. Um, mm-hmm. my, you know, I overpacked, but it's, it's just bringing layers Yeah, where you do start with, you know, three or four layers on where you have a tank and a long sleeve shirt and a sweater and maybe a coat to start the day. And then as the day goes on, you lose the coat, you lose the sweatshirt, and then you're down to just your long sleeve tee with maybe a tank on yeah. underneath.
1: So you make your way back to Vancouver. You skip Victoria because you're sailing round-trip Vancouver, so you don't have to stop in Victoria on this sailing. So how was your disembarkation process?
0: Again, you had to do customs on the back end. Um, so it wasn't as quick as, as some ports. They weren't using the facial identification process. You actually had to visit with an agent. We didn't have a flight until later in the day. And so we were one of the last people to leave the ship. Um, we, the sweet guests had the privilege of kind of hanging out in the retreat lounge. They called it Michael's on um, the eclipse. So we were probably one of the last people to disembark. (laughs) So it was very easy to find our luggage, but we still had to stand in the customs line for about 25 minutes or so.
1: They get you coming and going. They do. Since this was your first time sailing Alaska, what tips would you offer someone who may be exploring sailing Alaska this year or in 23?
0: I would say book as soon as possible because we loved it so much. We've already seen, you know, we're already anticipating another trip and have seen the prices started to creep up. So I would say if you're interested, um, book ahead of time. My other advice is it's an excursion heavy. Um, I'm so grateful that we set dollars aside to be able to do the excursion. That for us really made the trip special Mm -hmm. um, to do some of those fantastic things that you can't, can't do anywhere else in the world.
1: Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all?
0: I think the scenery. Um, I joked that someone recently was like drinking out of a fire hose. Like you just mm-hmm. couldn't keep up. You know, it was just everywhere you turned. It was whales, bears, bald eagles, mountains, ocean, forest, rainforest. It was just spectacular. If you're in the moment and, um, kind of allow yourself to slow down and take it all in. It's pretty, pretty amazing. The people were friendly, you know, the dog sledding, the glaciers, the rainforest. It just, the whole experience was very enriching.
1: You hit the nail on the head there when you said be in the moment, like put your phone down and just look in front of you, whether you're forward, aft, starboard, port, Especially like in the inside passage there at the glaciers, it's just remarkable. And for a lot of people, a a once-in-a-lifetime thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And bring binoculars, bring good binoculars. And on our second, you know, we went whale watching twice, um, but on our second whale watching adventure, my husband and I made a mindful effort to put the phone away, Mm -hmm. which is like we already got photos of whales from a few days ago. A whale is a whale.
1: Right. Yeah, we
0: hope, we pray, we get back to this area. But if if something doesn't work, let's remember it without a phone in our hand. Yep, for sure. Um, even the naturalist on board, um, as we went to Howard Glacier, everyone had their phones out, and he m- mentioned two or three times on the PA system, "Folks, everyone, put your phones down for just two minutes, yeah, and just watch it without a phone in your hand." And it did. It made a difference. And to have that, that, those quiet places and spaces made it pretty spectacular.
1: Totally side conversation here. But um, Kenny Chesney, I was at his concert a couple of years ago mm-hmm. before the shutdown. And he's like, guys, I don't care that you're recording me. You can put my videos anywhere you want. But let me ask you one thing just for this song. It means a lot to me. Put your phone down and be in the moment just for this song. That's all I'm asking. And everyone did, like 16,000 people. It was a really cool moment.
0: That is really cool. We went to a U2 concert in Minneapolis years ago, probably 12 years ago before, you know, phones were waterproof. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was pouring rain, like that rain that like soaks you to the bone. Like you could bring out everything and fill a bucket with how wet your clothes are. You couldn't even have your phones out. But it's one of those concerts I'll never forget because yeah. I was so in the moment because yep. I couldn't
1: hold my phone. Yeah. So you sailed Celebrity Apex last year, and you're on Celebrity Eclipse this year. So in closing here, I'll get your final thoughts of Eclipse.
0: Great service. Clean ship needs to be updated, but it certainly uh, didn't take away from the beauty of Alaska, the fantastic food, the top-notch cocktails, really nice service on board. Celebrity does a good job. They have a great product.
1: Yeah, I'm curious when they're going to bring that ship in because it was actually supposed to be um it was refurbed to last year. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it was actually supposed to be refurbed also the month of the shutdown. Before the mm-hmm. shutdown happened, it was it was scheduled to go in March of twenty twenty. And of course all that got shelved. So I'm curious when they're actually gonna do that. Probably like in maybe a shoulder season between Alaska and wherever it's going next or something like that, maybe. I don't know though.
0: I believe they're doing a lot of Hawaii mm-hmm. on Eclipse. And then they're doing um, Australia, gotcha. so it it needs an update. You know, the retreat experience um, was was great, but it just lacked some of those extra amenities and perks that the ships that had retreat in mind built offered. So, room for improvement, but it certainly didn't take away from a fantastic trip.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because it's almost like these days. I never thought I'd be saying this, but almost the cruise lines could actually. Broken into two different brands or experiences, mm-hmm. right? Like you have like Celebrity with their Solstice class is completely 180 degrees difference from their um, Edge class, or even like Royal Caribbean with their Quantum yeah. and Oasis class, much different than the Voyager and Radiance class. Not the same experience at all, except just flying the NCL flag or whatever cruise line you're exactly
0: on. Exactly right. Yeah, because we we sailed a very small, older ship on Norwegian. And then went to what, you know, the encore of the breakaway. And I was like, oh, this is totally different. in what yeah. you get as a sweet guest on, on the smaller, older yeah. ships to the larger ships and the same seem to be true for Celebrity.
1: Very cool. We've been talking with Kristen about her seven night Alaska cruise out of Vancouver on Celebrity Eclipse. Kristen, as always, it was great talking to you. And thank you so much for sharing your experience.
0: My pleasure, Doug. Thanks so much.
2: All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.